Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast for film fans by film fans. Every episode, we look at films old and new to choose what should be preserved for all time in our movie vault. With lively topics, big questions, and crazy challenges to entertain us and our guests, we always look to have fun by giving you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching, even if there are some duds along the way. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a preview of what to expect in today's episode. I, at last, yeah. I found somebody who is actually who can actually meet me in terms of harshness. <laughs> Honestly, I just think it shows that Steve still hasn't watched Lion King. <laughs> the the, the Little is his favorite Disney movie. All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my Hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. Except this week, it's more like the rides worth experiencing. I am your host, David Osger, and yes, we all love a challenge. And for anybody who listens to this show often, you'll know that we love a challenge on this podcast too. And this week, we have got a very cool and a very different challenge for ourselves and our guests. Uh, We had a challenge on our last episode, uh, which was quite an ordeal going through the Fifty Shades franchise. So we felt we had to cleanse our souls this week by uh, going the complete opposite of the smut of Fifty Shades and going into the wonderful world of Disney, which makes everyone feel a lot happier and a lot better about themselves. So... We're not just talking about Disney because anybody who has listened to us before knows that that's an area we often like to talk about and their different sort of segments and franchises. And one area we've never talked about before are the theme parks uh, because that is becoming a much bigger part of film and television today as well. Uh, just ask Martin Scorsese. So we'll get on with the show and tell you what our challenge is a bit later on. But first of all, I'll introduce everyone that I am joined by today. So just like when you're at Disney World and you go and have your meet and greet with the evil villain, I am joined once again by my co-host, the evil lord, Craig McDonald. Can I just say, I'm very glad you described the nature of this episode in terms of the rides, because when you just left it as the rides worth experiencing, I thought, we're not going through Fifty Shades again, are we? (laughs) Well, we'll definitely have some entertainment ideas from our guests today. That's why we brought them on. Uh, So they have joined us before. The last time was on an Endgame special. Uh, So our first guest, who usually joins us for all things theatrical and animated, is our good friend, Kelly Bishop. Hello, Kelly. Hello, my lovelies. How are we doing? We're doing good. Uh, how are you feeling for today? Are you are you ready to to go to a theme park? Yeah, I'm excited. I've done what I refer to as going full Hermione Granger with it. May have gone <laughs> far too deep into this, but I'm very excited. We love the detail. We love the detail. And also joining us today is somebody who's also been on a Disney episode before. He also joins us for all things sporty and all things bizarre. Uh, so it is, of course, Stephen Jones. Hello, Stephen. Hello, guys. How are we? Very good. So uh, same question to you, Steve. How, how are you feeling towards today? If, if we're going with sports metaphors, what's what's the feeling in the in in the train in the in the changing room? <laughs> the feeling in the changing room right now is um, they're a bit worried. They're they're worried that the idea might be too good that Disney might be on the phone tomorrow. That's um, <laughs> that's uh, no. I'm looking forward to it. It was, it was really 
a fun challenge to sort of get your mind thinking of uh, what would fit. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it and hopefully um, hopefully I don't get sued. Yeah, no, that that's definitely a thought on all of our minds, uh, you know, definitely for music. I was like, I want to play some music in this is like, but you know, like Willie in that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror is like, Shh, do you want to get sued? So <laughs> unfortunately, we will not have the wonderful music of uh, Disney uh, over the top of our experiences today. Uh, and people what... wondered why I didn't participate in this experiment. <laughs> So uh, without further ado, our challenge today is similar to what we have done before. We have had episodes uh, which we have pitched ideas and this will be quite different because we're not pitching movies like before. We uh, talked all about working titles when a film has a working title when it's being made. So we pitched films based off working titles, the famous ones. Instead today, we are going to pitch some rides that would go in Disneyland or Disney World uh, because what better time to talk about those theme parks when a lot of people in the world can't go to them right now so it's also a big conversation and talking point as more films are compared to theme park rides these days as they become more cinematic and they start to go into theme parks so we've seen it with Avengers, Harry Potter, The Simpsons, Disney, of course, they are now having a bigger presence at theme parks. So often movies are now adapted into rides at these big theme parks. And it's a big moneymaker for all of those companies. Uh, We've also seen, of course, you know, within the past year, we've had a lot of headlines. Uh, Disney themselves had a ride adaptation of a movie coming out, which is Jungle Cruise, which has been delayed again, which uh, hopefully we'll get uh, within the upcoming year. And they also announced that they are redesigning their legendary ride, Splash Mountain, to fit Princess and the Frog, uh, which is very fitting. So it got us thinking about when you have Disney classics that are transferred into rides, you obviously have the classics like the flying Dumbo carts, you have ones like Space Mountain, which have been the inspiration of many films as well. And yeah, so it's become quite a big thing. And of course, recently we've had Disney Plus and that has quite a lot of content on there, including the Imagineering story and quite a lot of behind the scenes documentaries talking about the theme parks. So we wanted to delve into that world today. And like I said earlier, that's why it's not so much the movies worth watching. It is, you know, the rides worth experiencing because we're going to be pitching our own Disney rides. So it's going through all the fun stuff. What's going to happen when you queue up? What's happened when you get on the ride? What's going to happen when you get off? and you're expected to pay £12 for a picture, all that kind of uh, lovely stuff. So first of all, though, to transition from that, guys, I thought we would get into the mood of being in a theme park, of going through all the thrills and experiences of it. So I've got a little challenge for us to get in the mood for being in a theme park, okay? So each one of you is going to be on two rides, and I want you to tell me, because obviously this is a podcast, people can't see what's going on. You need to tell me what you would be feeling if you were on this ride. Let's get a feeling for what kind of person you are at a theme park. Are you like a roller coaster junkie? Are you a person who goes on the carousel? So try and guess the ride if you can. They're not all Disney ones, but tell me what you would be feeling if you were on this ride right now. And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about what you see, etc. So are you ready? Ready. Bring it on. I like how I say bring it on like I, like it's a game. <laughs> like it's something I can win. It's not. Kelly, you're up first. And uh, you got a good one for your, your first one. I'm glad you actually, you know, th- this has already come up. So, you know, we know we're on to, we're on to a winner here. Uh, so here is, you know, your first ride that you're on. Oh, it's pure nostalgia. So this is Peter Pan's flight. It's a dark ride. So it's all 
enclosed but it's just so pretty it's slow enough that you can take everything in it's not overly fast it's not like coaster like it's just oh memories from being a small child and wanting to fly on the ship that goes over london it's just a pure moment it it does look very magical and they do a great job but with like you know the little miniatures and stuff it's got such a such a charm to it so so i'm assuming you're feeling very safe and very cozy from that one so safe so comforted great how about this one I'm I'm not a coaster person. <laughs> like I don't mind them, but I have a feeling this one's going to have a very very steep drop. <laughs> oh, no 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 no. No. Oh, that's upside down. Do you and know what right this is by any chance? Is this No, I don't. I don't think. This is the Incredible Hulk, uh, which oh. is in Universal Studios. <laughs> oh, there's some fog. That's intense my stomach hurts thinking about it <laughs> so would you so have gone on this or would, would you even be on this at all or would someone you just would on... have dragged me on this <laughs> someone would have forced me onto it with them and i'd scream the entire way around <laughs> oh. i would have been i would have been sick before we even took off <laughs> oh wow well i would I have say... sworn a lot I love how David says sort of replicate your feelings as if you're on this ride. The moment it gets to like the up and twist, you go, oh, no, 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 no. I just have this image now of you without actually on the roller coaster. Acting like that cat from like the, the vines, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the way up. And then it just screams from there on in. So uh, next up, you're saying about whether you'd be sick, Steve. So uh, we've got your one, uh, your two rides. So uh, let's see what you've got. Uh, explain what you're seeing. Pretty much darkness. <laughs> uh, this looks terrifying. <laughs> um, is this I'd be quite... It's very scary. Yeah. I'd be quite scared right now. I'd be probably one eye open, one eye closed. Oh, okay. So is Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? Yeah, this is Tower of Terror, which is in uh, Hollywood Studios in Disney World, Florida. So it's basically a, uh, what they call it, like a free drop ride. <laughs> yeah, so you're sort of going course. up and down. <laughs> there's, a lo- there's a lot of arm movement. Like, there's a lot of arm movement. I- I'd be quite scared on this ride. Yeah, so are you a big person for that feeling of being dropped? Because this is that that's all this is. This is just up and no, down, up and down, up and down. I, I, I prefer rides like this to like crazy coasters or crazy tracks. I like the feeling of being scared on a ride, but not actually seeing something visually. And this is what I feel like. You're not having like animatronics like forcing your face. So I think this would be quite quite fun. I can't remember if I've told this story before. I feel like I may have, but I'm not sure if on the show or not. I went on the ghost train once and the only thing that they had was a guy in a wolf mask running around <laughs> all parts of the train. Just every now and then just going up to people and just like shaking them. Being like, Rrr! Oh, That's God. what it was. 
it was like one of those really cheap sort of county fair sort of thing. And it was just this guy running around in the darkness. Do you know what they were probably going for is that you get off the ride. It's just like that guy in the wolf mask was scary. And they're like, what guy with the wolf mask? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, Steve, uh, this is this is your next one. Oh, my word. Right. Okay, that's okay, fine. that's fine. It's going quite slow, but I feel like there's a big, massive drop coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Does this look familiar to you, Steve? It's awkward. Yeah. Oh, it's, shit. It's yes. megaphobia from your... It's megaphobia. It's yeah. megaphobia from the my The only terrifying thing about the ride is that it's all made of wood. <laughs> it's the exact thing you want to hear when you're on a roller coaster. Yeah. It's like shaking and no. snapping. And <laughs> also, bear in mind, this is based in Wales, where it rains a lot. That wood, <laughs> I'm surprised, is holding up well. Let's all focus on the good parts of theme parks anyway. And... Uh... I'm sure Craig is going to have a lot of fun now with uh, with his experience of, you know, like rides and heights, etc. as he experiences the fun and joys of, of theme parks. So, Craig, here's your, your ride. This is fun. Everything is fine. <laughs> Hang on, what is that? That's a lot of spins. Oh, no. <laughs> That's that's somewhere different. You don't have to worry about that one. Okay. Ominous turn. Well, the we're about to go down, and there we go. Uh, what? Oh, there we go. What? What's going on? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've just been plummeted underground for all of five seconds. <laughs> so uh, that is Oblivion from Alton Towers, which yeah, pretty much just. Stops you on the verge of a sheer drop, so you can look at the doom you're about to fall into, and then go into that steaming hole in the ground. Oh, so it's one of the ones where they literally stop you before... Yeah, those are the worst. Those are absolutely <laughs> the worst. As far as I'm concerned, just get it over and done with. Don't <laughs> don't force me to like look and po- contemplate my death, right? I know they say your life flashes before you in the last five seconds before you die. Don't turn it into like 15 Craig had a bad enough time, like, watching Gravity in the cinema, never mind, you know, Oblivion and in, in the theme park. But you'll be happy to know, Craig, you got something a lot slower paced for your, for your second ride. I don't trust you. <laughs> I was oh. right not to trust you. No. <laughs> what the hell is this? A small this world. A small world. <laughs> Kelly so- should know she went on it four times in a row to get out of the I've rain. I've been haunted by this. It's just a lot of multinational animatronics. <laughs> it's a lot You've of been on this ride four times, like four different times. Four no, times no. in a row. Oh my word, this is unreal. Was it kind it of like you got to the end and you were, and they were like, you go to go off, but you're like, nope, let's go no again. No one else it... was queuing for it. <laughs> so we just I'm got not back surprised. On. These dolls are terrifying. <laughs> looks so like crazy. an acid trip. Also, and the can song I... is so high pitched and happy. Like, can it's... I say I love the fact that David opted not to give us audio for this one? <laughs> exactly, so I, I didn't want to get sued, but the song is incredibly catchy. So you know, if it does put it in your head, it's a small cannon dolls. It, it literally goes through that moon. That moon looks suspicious. That moon looks really suspicious. <laughs> So, yeah, guys, are you in the theme park mood now? Are you feeling you feeling all, you know, ready? You're all feeling a bit nauseous. You're feeling excited. You're feeling all the thrills of 
Disney World and many other theme parks around the world. I've been coughing so much, I'm almost sick. It's almost as if I'm there. <laughs> so in this one now, it's going to be a pitch from myself, a pitch from Kelly and a pitch from Steve. And like our last pitch episode, this isn't going to be a competition. We're just going to be discussing them, talking about the pros and the cons, asking different questions, asking various safety concerns. Will your hair get stuck on a branch if you go around this, <laughs> etc. And we do have a cool feature for this as well, uh, because... I thought that we had to have some form of unbiased voice to give their commentary on this. You know, somebody like Craig, who isn't just looking for pure lunacy and wants to rag on us. So I've got a Disney aficionado who has given his thoughts on our pitches as we earlier in the week sent some written pitches over to this person. So I'm very happy to announce that we have had some great responses from Dr. Sam Summers, who has a PhD in film and animation, and he is an expert on the Disneyversity podcast, in which at the moment they're only on Bambi, but they're going through every Disney animated feature and talking about the history and the details of them. I especially love their Pinocchio episode in which the host was talking about how disturbed he was by Pinocchio as he had not seen it since he was a child, and I think everyone is there with him on that. And yeah, they also talk at the end of the episodes about has it turned into a Disney ride? What was the history after the film? Did it have a sequel? What's its presence in the Disney parks, etc.? So Sam is somebody who is uh, very accustomed to these sort of conversations, talking about, you know, the Disney parks and talking about Disney films. And interestingly, which this will come up later, and I have to give him credit for this, uh, but he has also written an academic book on Shrek an academic analysis of Shrek, which is... I need to read that. Yeah, so check them out on Twitter, uh, Sam Summers, and check out their podcast, which is Disneyversity, which is on all good podcast outlets. So he'll be giving his opinion on our ideas as well. So yeah, we'll be going through each one of those. So who should go first? Luckily, Craig has some dice with him to decide who will be pitching first. Uh, So what are our options? I assume one to six. This isn't some weird dice, is it? Well, technically, David, it's a singular dice, which makes it a die. Okay. <laughs> For reference, David also uh, criticised <laughs> having a dice. Uh, he said, and I quote, trust a Yu-Gi-Oh player to have some spare dice next to him. <laughs> I haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh in years, so uh, that did feel a bit bad. Oh, sorry. I, I've been playing too much Cluedo. I, I've had that double roll, you know, in my mind for the dice part. <laughs> Yeah, roll off a cliff. Anyway, so what I'm going to do is obviously this is a six-sided die. So what I'm going to do is based on the order in which you joined the Zoom call, I'm going to uh, allocate you two numbers. So that's David will get one and four. Kelly will get two and five. Stephen will get three and six. So when it lands on one of those numbers, I will show you all which number it is. And that person will go first. Oh. Number one. David. Me first. Right. So the pressure's on. Okay, guys. So my idea uh, for a Disney World ride is based off the animated classic Emperor's New Groove. And this ride is called Run Llama Run. So this would be featured at Adventureland in Disney World. Now, if you've seen the Emperor's New Groove, has everyone here seen the Emperor's New Groove? Steve? I've partly seen it i was more of a fan of the animated series i know they did film oh yeah emperor's new school good choice so in the film emperor's new groove there is a scene in which 
a song plays, which is just an orchestral track, which is called Run Llama Run, which is what this ride is named after. So that song is incredibly catchy. If anyone doesn't know, it's like... So I want you to have that in your head as you're imagining this ride. So that song appears in the moment of the film in which Pacha and Cusco, who's still a llama at this stage, decide to go back to the palace and try and find a way to turn him back into a human from a llama. So they run from Pacha's village and then Kronk and Yzma, who throughout the film have been chasing them and trying to find Cusco to kill him so that Yzma can be the empress, get wind of what's happening and they go chasing after them. At this point, we see an animated map in which we get a little lines for Cusco and Pacha, uh, red lines, and then we get little purple arrows for Kronk and Yzma. And we, we're seeing them go along the map. We're seeing them like cross like torn down bridges. And then eventually uh, thunder and lightning hits. Uh, Kronk and Yzma fall down and uh, Cusco and Pacha just get up to the, to the Emperor's Palace uh, without any problems. So this ride is basically going through the journey of both Pacha and Cusco and Yzma and Kronk. The idea is that you would have, this would be a two-track ride. So you can have two routes. So you're going to have, the entrance to this is going to be the, look like the Emperor's Palace, which is like the gold big head. And the idea is that you would either take the Cusco route or the Yzma route. And depending which route you go on will change your experience for the ride. So if you take the Cusco route, you're going to have a much more like quick, fast, exhilarating experience. So it's more for the sort of like speed junkies. Uh, if you go on the Yzma route, you're going to have more of a chaotic, more darker crazy experience uh, with lots of turns and lots of sort of like in the dark moments because uh, the idea is that as we'll discuss later it's the journey that both of these characters take to get to the palace so uh, a bit about the design when you're waiting to go through all of these areas obviously the emperor's new groove is based a lot on you know the country of like peru and uh, the Inca Empire. So the architecture and design and everything would be very much fit in with that. Um, but you're also going to have, because this film, you know, it's one of my personal favorites because it's so funny, it's so kooky, it's got so many weird and wonderful moments in it. And you're going to have that in the ride. You're also going to have a bit of that in the experiences in and outside of the ride. So when you're waiting through the line, you're going to experience moments like that. So in the Cusco line, for example, you're going to see him and Bucky the squirrel. And, you know, he's going to do the whole like, you know, hit the road, Bucky. And then you're going to, you know, as you're walking over one of the segments, maybe you'll look, you can see out like one of the bridges or the windows. You can see some 3D Jaguars like chasing Cusco. So it's kind of like you're walking through the film, walking through the story and you're experiencing those moments. Uh, in the Yzma one, for example, you'd be walking through her lab and you'll have a big projection on the walls of her going, how shall I do it? I know, I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea. And you'll have that entire animated section on the walls where he's a flea and she's going to smash it with a hammer. And yeah, it'll be very, very fun. So you'll have all of that stuff. Uh, when you get to the ride itself, so obviously everyone's gone through their separate lines. Uh, you kind of, you know, go over to either the Cusco cart or the Yzma cart um, and you start off from the same position. Now the Yzma cart, so if you know the map I'm talking about, what you have like a little llama symbol on the map for Cusco and Pacha and you have like a little Yzma's, uh, 
It's a, a sedan chair or a palaquin, apparently. So uh, Yzma's one looks like her little sedan chair, which is carried by Kronk. So the idea with Cusco's one is that you'll have like a train of about 10 carts. They can fit t- uh, two people in each one um, and they'll interchange. You'll have like red ones, which look like patches, sort of like silhouette. And you'll have llama ones, which look like Cusco's silhouette. The Yzma ones, you'll have just one cronk at the at the front so whoever gets to be in the front gets to be in the cronk silhouette which is purple and everyone else is in a sedan chair yzma tent uh, designed uh, cart and it's the same thing 10 carts two people in each one the the ride will start off as i mentioned earlier you'll get that classic song the run llama run uh, song will start to play and you'll start by going up the hill which they begin and as it gets like do 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 that's when you saw like have like a bit of like a drop for the first bit then there'll be like another little smaller drop if you look at the map it's like another little hill and at this point this is where Pacha and Cusco cross the gap in the mountain because the bridge has been taken out uh, but at that point Cronk uh, and Isma decide to sprout the wings from uh, Yzma's sedan chair, uh, at which point they get hit by thunder and lightning and they just drop down and we never see what happens to them after that. So this is the part in which the two rides would have gone down the same drops, but they'll now divert at this point. So as soon as you hear thunder and lightning, the Yzma cart will go in a different direction and the uh, Cusco cart will go in another one. So for the Cusco one, it's going to be very simple. It's kind of going to just go down a very sort of like fast and quick path. Uh, this is a dark ride, by the way, so it's all indoors. And the idea is just like the queues, you kind of kind of see the story as you go along. So for Cusco, you would be sort of going through like lots of like jagged mountains. And then eventually you'd get to like the gold of the emperor's palace um, until eventually you get to Yzma's lab in which the two routes join again. For the Yzma route, You've had the thunder and lightning, which indicates that you've been struck by thunder and lightning. So you then have a really sheer drop, which is then going to drop into darkness. And basically, you're not going to see what's going to be going on. You're just going to be like twirling around in different twirls. You're going to be taking jagged turns. And throughout all of that, you're going to hear the audio of like Yzma and Kronk going mad with each other from throughout the film. Like moments like when he bursts into a tent like Yzma and she's like, what? And, you know, all of those fun moments are going to be happening. You know, her saying like, are you speaking to that squirrel? All of that's going to be happening as if they're arguing as if when you're in this dark, chaotic place. And then they'll turn up at the same place that the Cusco cart is in, which is in Yzma's lab. Um, So the idea is, if you've seen the film, when... Cusco and Pacha get to the potions cupboard. Kronk and Yzma arrive in the film and uh, Cusco says, how did you get here before us? And Yzma goes, uh, I don't know. How did we get here, Kronk? And then Kronk just has his map and says, uh, I don't know, by all accounts, it doesn't make any sense. And the, and the map just shows that they just dropped down from the thunder and lightning and then who knows where they went. So the idea is that the Yzma route is like this dark, chaotic route, which you can't see what's happening. You don't know where you are, but that's somehow how they got to that palace. So we still maintain the legacy of the joke in that way. But at this point, you would sort of see that play out as you're going through the lab. So both trains will be going through the lab. You'll go through some pink smoke at some point and you get to your final drop. And this final drop, you'll stop before you get to it. You're going to see that there's a giant basin in front of you. At a winch point, you'll have an animatronic cow come out and say, "Um, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? At which point you hear Yzma say, you're excused. The cow will leave. And then you will drop into the basin, which is the basin which leads to the, the palace 
exterior of the palace, which is the nose in the film. And then you arrive back uh, in the starting position. So you've gone through like the finale, the big, you know, ending of the film. Uh, obviously, after that, you have like Yzma and uh, Kuzco fighting. So maybe you'll see that on the screens as you're leaving the, the ride, etc. And going into the gift shop, you'll have like Perfect World playing over the top, like the Tom Jones reprise. And maybe you'll see moments from like the happy ending. And uh, also what I like is that at the beginning of this ride or at the end, uh, for little kids, you'll have somebody dressed up as Kronk with a animatronic Bucky the Squirrel and a few uh, junior chipmunks. And you can have your child learn Squirrel with Kronk. So if they're too small to go on the ride, you can leave them and learn Squirrel with Kronk and Bucky. Or if you just come off the ride and you're like, you know what, I'm in the, in the mood for Emperor's New Groove, you can go learn Squirrel with with cronk and uh, bucky and uh, such classic lines as did you take my acorn and <laughs> all that kind of stuff so yeah that is run llama run <laughs> questions <laughs> the one the one that's like sticking out with me is the film gives us one very ride worthy moment yep i yes, know what you're yeah. gonna say go on yeah like Pull the lever, Kronk. I yeah no this this is a part of it as well. So when when you are I said before about when you're in the dark and stuff like that, you're going to hear lines of audio, and when you're doing the Cusco rope, the same thing will happen. You'll hear like patcher and and lines from the film as that happens. So when you get close to the lab, you will hear Cusco say, "Why does she even have that lever?" And so you you will get an element of that, and you'll hear because Cusco and Patcher get into the the roller coaster of of her ride to get to the lab, you will hear the whole, before they get into there, you'll hear, uh, please keep all her arms and, and legs uh, in, in in the ride. You know, so you will hear that bit. Uh, so you will hear reference to that. You just won't hear it from the point of view of Yzma and Kronk, which I agree is unfortunate, but just because of the story placement, it just couldn't couldn't be there. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't use it to start the ride. Yeah, that was where I, I thought. Yeah. Because well, I feel like, because I think the thing with this ride is that you obviously want there to be equal reason for people to go on both tracks, right? Otherwise, it looks a bit dark if everyone just wants to go on like the Yzma and Kronk track and just not on the Patcher and Cusco. Yeah. So obviously one of the joys of having dual track rides is the fact you can look over at the other train and be like, ha, what are you in for? Yeah. You need well, to have that balance. That's yeah. what I was thinking. The idea was because again it's a dark ride and I and because the you would have Yzma and Kronk more like in in the dark. I was like, well, you're not likely to be able to see the other one. So with my like drawing, I've made it so it's a lot more like two routes. You wouldn't overlap that much. And I was thinking that, you know, like in water parks, when you have like the option of like two slides, which are kind of like intertwining or you have like four slides and there's always that one slide, which is like quicker to get onto because it's not like the big basin one. I think it's okay if the Kronk and Yzma one is the more busy one because you can always be like, oh, we'll just go in the Cusco route because it's going to be the easier, quicker one to get on. And that's why it's the quicker, faster ride. Uh, But because also in the film, it's the quicker, faster route for the characters. So I think that would be just kind of be embraced by the ride is that that's going to be the quicker route. And it's also maybe like an age thing and stuff like that. If people just want to go on the more simplistic, quick, fun route, they can go there with the more smaller kids. But if you don't like the idea of being in the dark and being twisted and turned, then maybe the older kids would go on the the Yzma and Kronk route. I but, definitely like the thing of having two parts of the ride, though. But so like, if you say you've got a mission, would it only count to go on one? So you, it, 
to go on two of them, you'd have to do like two rides of it. You wouldn't just get that experience with one. So you could you have to buy two fast passes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I think that you'd get the experience with both of them because they have the same opening and the same ending. So the fact that, again, that's why I didn't want to have pull the lever crunk to start the ride because I like the idea of having that music because because this is placed in Adventureland, then I wanted to big up that adventure. So having that like iconic like music track that plays as the, the chase scene happens and the map bit happens. So like one thing which I didn't mention as well is as you're going through, you'll see the dots of the map on the side. So like for Yzma's route, you'll see like little purple arrows. For Cusco, you'll see like little red lines. So I think that that will all envelop that. Whereas the more pull the lever cronk stuff might be like when you're waiting for the ride in the queue and stuff. So like way I was saying about you'll see moments for the film played out. So while The Emperor's New Groove is so filled with loads of great moments and great gags and jokes, you can have a lot of that in the queuing system or at the end of it. Whereas the ride, obviously, you don't want to overfill with too many jokes, etc. Which one would you go on, Craig? Probably the chaos one, to be honest. Like, if you are going to plunge us completely in darkness and just have... I mean, also, what does this chaos exactly look like? You just keep saying chaos, but not actually what it would be. Well, it is just the fact that the uh, this, again, because it's more family-friendly, it's not going to be kind of like going upside down because Disney really isn't into that kind of like, oh, unless, you know, like twist people around like a thousand times. So it's just going to be a kind of like Space Mountain. It'll be like a track ride, but it'd just be that you just don't know where you're going. So there'll be like sudden turns or there might be like a corkscrew kind of thing. Um, and then there might be like a part where you're sort of like on your side. Um, and then you might go down like a straight path for a while and then just have a sudden jolt. So it's just a lot of turns and like corkscrews and stuff like that. And maybe a few more like up and down, you know, uh, drops whereas the Cusco one would be more like speed straight ahead kind of idea yeah with the whole like chaotic audio it gives me like mild Charlie the Chocolate Factory boat ride vibe <laughs> just oh, with like all of these <laughs> overlying bits of audio yeah fun I reckon yeah I kind of like the idea with the the thunder and lightning is that you would see the strobe effect and then you drop down and then at that point you would hear Yzma like you know cronk you know like lots of like anger and that kind of stuff. Also just to clarify two separate entry lines or are we one single entry that goes through and then diverts? Uh, yeah, I thought two separate entry lines because, again, it'll big up that aspect of, like, you could see it from the outside and be like, oh, the Cusco line is the more free one. Let's go and ride that one because it can be a time killer between food or whatever. So people can see which is the clearer ride. Um, and they can also see from the outside that it might be, like, more little kids are waiting for the little, you know, for the one route as opposed to the other, etc. So, yeah, I, you know, that's what I thought would be an advantage in that part as well. One of my favorite jokes was the you know i've been turned into a cow can i go home you know so even though i loved like you know i loved the part where you know yzma shows the knife and she's like were you expecting this and they're like no and, you know and i was like but you couldn't really have that in a ride situation whereas i thought well if you're about to go down this giant basin that's where you could maybe have this moment with the cow <laughs> when she says can i've been turned into a cow can i go home and then she just says you're excused i think it's just incredibly like this the sense of humor of emperor's new groove to be like going up to the big final drop and you're like oh my god we're gonna stop and then you just stop uh, we're gonna drop and then go we've stopped why have we stopped and then just this animatronic cow come out like <laughs> it would just be so random and then once you say you're excused then you would fall in and then you're back at the beginning yeah i think in that sense it's been really well thought out of the way that it fits into the plot line of the story and that's what makes it quite interesting to me is that like 
I like little Easter eggs like that that sort of make you think, ah, that's a nice nod to the film. And I think it would work well in this situation for this ride. Yeah. I'm intrigued at the carriage designs because you said they're going to be based off of the silhouettes. Mm. Like, I, I'm just trying to picture exactly how they would necessarily look because it seems quite cramped. I think about it like kind of like, you know, on a carousel, you have the horses, but then you have like the bigger ones, which are for like the, the father and child to sit in or whatever. So it's kind of like you can get like a horse silhouette shape on either end, but it's like a a carriage design. So it'd be like that. It would be like a llama shaped silhouette on either end. And then like you'd be covered by a, you know, roof or something. Or it would just be open, so it would just be like the the llama shape would be the door and everything like that, and maybe just the the Yzma one has got like a little roof to to symbolise the cheer. So I'll uh, read out uh, Dr. Sam Summers' reaction to my uh, ride. So for Run Llama Run, he a said, bit convenient that David <laughs> is going to read out criticism of his ride. Yeah, I love it. It is the most amazing ride that I have ever ridden, and I wouldn't go on any of the no I'm joking. <laughs> P.S. The part to include the cow was genius. (laughs) And I don't care what they said about the pull the lever comedy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Also, Craig is wrong. And no. So what he says is very strong theming. And I'm a big fan of the two separate routes. You'll want to be careful, though. And and I didn't plan this after I read this, I promise. It says Universal used to have a two-route roller coaster called Dueling Dragons, where two trains would run at the same time. They had to scrap the idea when passengers kept getting injured or blinded by objects flying from one train into another, a cautionary tale. And I've ridden that roller coaster and somebody did lose their sunglasses on it. So yeah, I'm just worried that somebody got hit by those sunglasses now. The way that I always imagined it, based on what you were saying, is that when when Yzma and Kronk go off in their other direction, I always assumed that was like another room. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, the rest of Sam had to say uh, was the Emperor's New Groove is a favourite of mine, though, and Kronk and Yzma in particular, so you'll want as much dialogue from them as possible. Due to the sad passing of Eartha Kit, she'll be unable to reprise the role, so I'd like to offer myself as a possible replacement. <laughs> so Sam, if I if I ever make this ride, then I, I'll sure I'll come to you. Uh but yeah, I, I was mainly thinking of just having a lot of lines and stuff from the film rather than like newly recorded stuff because you want to feel like you're in the story and in the film. But like Steve said earlier, there's also a TV series, so there's probably plenty of stuff you can like rip from if you needed extra dialogue and stuff like that. So yeah, that is Run Llama Run. Who's up next? So by the law of the dice, the numbers have now shifted. Kelly will have one, three, and five. Stephen will have two, four, and six. Three? No. Six. 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 Technically, it's three. It's just two of them. Yeah. (laughs) So that's Steve. This is me, Sarah. Sarah. Are we all ready for this? Are you ready for this journey? Now, before I start, I just want to ask your opinion on the film. So this this, the ride's going to be based on one of my favourite Disney animated films, Chicken Little. So I just want to know, what do you guys think about this film? What are your opinions? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Let me know. I do not want my opinions of that film. (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember being really creeped out by the duck. (laughs) The ugly duckling, yeah. Yeah. 
I I had only ever really witnessed it in like trailers. Just like whenever I would watch one of the Disney films, I was like, I've seen this film through the trailer like a million times. But because I knew you were doing this, Steve, I actually like went and visited it. And yeah, I was like, this is incredibly insane and chaotic. And I can't believe how crazy this film is. But actually, it's the same director as Emperor's New Groove. I remember looking at your letterbox, Dave, and being like, why has he watched Chicken Little? <laughs> like, what has possessed him? <laughs> and now I know. Like, since I was a kid, it's always been one of my favourite Disney Channel animation films. Because maybe it's because of the weirdness and the wackiness of it, it just suits me. But I loved how the storyline sort of was crazy and then it turned out that, you know, the sky wasn't falling, or the sky was falling, it was just an alien invasion waiting to happen. It was all a bit wild and it's, it's got a lot of parallels to Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. So after, I was like, this makes total sense. <laughs> Steve would love this. Let me, t- let me take you for the name of the ride. I've decided to call this Acorn Ascension. Now, it will be um, situated in Critter Country, which, um, you know, it's, it's one of the quieter places of Disneyland. It's sort of a place where the kids can go to sort of chill out. It's got Splash Mountain there, which is um, a big coaster for... Um, the theme park is like a one mile log ride that takes you on a journey through backwoods and swamps. And then you've got this sort of dramatic drop of like 52 and a half feet. This ride's not going to be like that. You know, it, it's going to be something different for the area, something where like, not like specifically targeted at a younger generation, but something not as wild as that, just something to go against it. So um, yeah, my initial thoughts are to have this ride positioned somewhere near the woodlands of Critter Country. Um, because a big plot line of the story in Chicken Little is him thinking the world is ending and an acorn hits him on the head in one of his earlier flashbacks from when he thought the world was ending and the whole town thinks he's going crazy. They sort of ridicule him. They bully him. They do some nasty stuff to this chicken. It's, um, it's pretty much animal abuse. And um, I thought I'd sort of like to make a nod to this through the design of the coaster. So I definitely want it set with a lot of oak trees around. I'll explain why. So... The ride's going to feature six acorn-inspired carriages. So the carriages that you get on are meant to replicate acorns. Uh, <laughs> so they can fit up to a maximum of up to three people inside. Um, and this ride's actually taken... I took inspiration from the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket in Disneyland Florida. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that ride. The way it, the design of it, I, that's what I've taken inspiration from. So I'll get onto the design now. So, you know, we all know Chicken Little is about a chicken who strongly believes the world is ending after getting hit on the head with an acorn. The design of the coaster is going to play out three different parts of the story, all three key scenes. So you're going to have the original acorn scene, which is going to be created as the coaster reaches its highest point. This is a 20 feet coaster, so it's not exactly that high, but it's high enough. It's it's sort of tree height. That's what I wanted to know. As the carts reach that height, plush acorns will fall from the sky and whoever finds the golden acorn will get a free meal at the chicken licking restaurant, which I'll get to after. So the next part of the film incorporated into the coaster is going to be the baseball scene. Now, this is when Chicken Little wins the big game for his school and everyone loves him at the time. They're like, you're the best chicken in the world. And this is going to take place on the ground. So the coaster is going to go up. And then as it goes down, it's going to get to the baseball scene where it's going to show the baseball pitch with animatronics sort of made to resemble characters from the film as they recreate the iconic scene on an endless loop. And then the third and final part of the ride is going to involve going underground. And now this is where we're going to get to the alien spaceship. The aliens are a massive part in the film and um, their spaceship is very cool. And I thought it would be a nice sort of ending point. 
and the Acorn car is going to have small sections open at the top. Not, not crazy big, just like so these acorns in the first part can fit through. So they can expect the plush acorns to fit through there. And it's going to be made of a transparent material so the rider can experience everything from the coaster. And each car is going to have three individual lookout spots, which will provide for a great close-up experience for each rider. The outdoor parts of the ride will be decorated with giant oak trees and they will house acorns. The other parts will be decorated from buildings from the film and have the set design exactly like the film itself. And I would also like to propose a water feature where the character Fish Out of Water could reside and entertain riders because he is a big part of the film as well. Now, as riders reach the underground part, they will board on the alien spaceship where it will get quite dark and scary. But as the riders come back up to the surface, Kirby, the cute and fluffy alien, will wave goodbye to the passengers and say something in his native tongue. He was a very weird part of the film, and I feel like you have to incorporate him into this coaster in some sort of way. Now, the music, this is where it gets interesting, because this is a film that had some bangers. I don't know if you guys remember the music from this film, but a lot of it is on my playlist. Shout out to Patti LaBelle, R.E.M., all these class artists. So I'm going to have three different types of music for the three different stages of the coaster. So at the Acorn stage, the song One Little Slip, which was basically the opening for the film, is going to be played. As the coaster reaches the baseball scene, the song We Are, Champi we Are the Champions by Queen is going to be played because that was used in the film. And then as the, the final song that's going to be used is R.E.M. It's the, end of the world, it's the End of the World as We Know It as they reach the underground stage, which is being played throughout the film. And then that got me to thinking, you know, it's a great film. It's a good idea for a coaster. You know, I think it'd be quite enjoyable. But what about the Q Entertainment? This is, you know, Q Entertainment. You want to be entertained when you're, when you're waiting for this ride. So the pre-show is going to feature some sort of main characters from Chicken Little acting out their various parts of the film. Um, I think one example I can give is the mayor, Turkey Nicky, who always gets distracted by things. So the plan is going to be for him to go to people in the queue, engage in a conversation, then become distracted by something. Usually it's like pennies on the floor or something, which I think would give this sort of experience, um, it would make it more relevant to the film. And you could even let it, you don't have to pick him. There's so many other characters you could choose. And then this is when I, I mentioned it earlier about um, the chicken licking restaurant, the food stores and merchandise, which, you know, we want to make money. This is going to make some money. Now, there's going to be a restaurant situated near the coaster called the Chicken Licking Restaurant, a restaurant which would serve chicken-themed products, quite controversial considering this is a film about a chicken. Here are some of the examples. So we've got Chicken Little Wings. We've got the Chicken Little Burger. We've got the Chicken Little Big Burger. And there is also veg and vegan options. And then we've got the baseball carts. So these baseball themed food carts will be available via the queue section where it will serve things like hot dogs, nachos and popcorn to really give it that baseball atmosphere. And then we've got Acorn Apparel, which is chicken little themed clothing um, that can be bought from the shop afterwards. And it will also hold props in the original film, kind of, because it's animated, but it's, it's going to be props that are made to look like the actual uh, things in film. And there will also be a guided tour, which will be performed every 20 minutes, talking about how the film was made, some of the uh, characters there, and just a little history of Chicken Little. And um, I have done a picture, but I don't really want to show it because I don't want to explain the monstrosity that has gone through my head here. So, yeah, that is my idea for Acorn Ascension. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued about the acorns. I kind of get it when it falls down in the tree and you hold on to it like the golden acorn for the restaurant. But I didn't quite get the spaceship about the holes and like they can 
they can fit through the holes. I was like, what do you mean they put them in the holes so you've collected 10 acorns or is it like, cause you said they were at the top and I was like, what? Imagine so that you get a 20 foot ascension, which is like the height, the average sort of height of an oak tree or of a tree. You know, I had didn't really like, uh, yeah. 20 foot. <laughs> heavy <laughs> on this acorn theme. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Just imagine that like, they're going to be going through trees at the first part. Yeah. And then there's going to be, there's holes at the top of this acorn carriage. And there's going to be plush acorns which rain down because Chicken Little gets hit on the head at the start of the film from one and everyone thinks he's crazy. But are they falling through those holes? Is that, is that the idea? Yeah, right. yeah. So they can fit through the holes. And whoever finds the golden acorn gets a free meal at the Chicken Licking restaurant. It's all oh, right. No, I'm just thinking like surely moving on a moving object, it'd probably be hard enough to get an acorn as it is. Never mind through a hole as well. <laughs> just, just leave off the roof and try and grab an acorn even without the roof, you know, the hole. I was going to say also, if the doctor's concern about David's ride was the idea of potential falling objects, you have it built into your ride. Even even better, I just want to talk about like the costing of this. Essentially, you're giving every child a free teddy. <laughs> this is well true, but they're tiny acorns, and this is the catch. You know, how many golden acorns are going to actually fit into these holes? This is this is a money-making Okay, scene. then how do you reset them at the end of the day? <laughs> that, that's that's what I had the image of this giant like ball pit at the bottom and it and it captures where all the ones that don't get hit by the carts go below and then get sucked back up to go down again. But that's what I imagined. But we've got an acorn assistance manager. He's, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> so I have a question about the queuing system, because at one point you said there's going to be a part where uh, there would be like little food carts. Just checking. Are they ones you could actually buy food from? Uh Yes. Yeah, right. this is after so, the ride, isn't it? Uh, so there's some before and there's some after. All right, okay. Can I just say, <laughs> give, literally encouraging people to eat food right as they're about to go on this ride, probably not your, not the greatest idea in terms of like your janitorial stuff. <laughs> Craig has played a lot of theme parking. <laughs> <laughs> the theme park tycoon. Yeah. I thought about this process and then I got to thinking about the money. And I thought, you know... They're going to spend more money on this food. And then, like you said, they're going to be sick after and they're going to want more food. It's just going to make money for the park. It made, it made me think about in Disney World, though, because I was only there for like a day, so I didn't get to experience it. But I don't know whether, you know, usually, yeah, you might have Gaston's beer or whatever. But what happens to the characters who are animals? Have they got that in Disneyland? Because I'm kind of worried about a child going there and being like, Mummy, am I eating Chicken Little? Like the fact that it would be like Chicken Little's Chicken Wings suggest that's his wings <laughs> yeah i don't think any of the animals like the animal films have animal tie-in restaurants i hope not. For that yeah. exact reason it's either that but, it's either that or i'm really really looking forward to trying bambi venison oh. <laughs> but the thing is about That'd the beauty be about chicken, the beauty about chicken little is they've got all the right sort of animals to they've got turkeys they've got ducks they've got pigs they've got fish we could have a whole chicken little theme You've also got we can... dogs. Like, are you are you opening this in Korea? Just like I just <laughs> you could integrate with like I suppose Zootopia is the only one which might get away from it because am I right in thinking that they're all vegetarians in that film or like the the prey? They're meant yeah. to be vegetarian. Yeah, I think the the predators are given like supplements. 
Yeah, so maybe there could be some tie-in with that if they have done some sort of Zootopia-based restaurant, but, you know, with a lot of carrots and stuff. Disney Japan, I think it is, are opening a Zootopia World. So we will find out at some point. Just on the topic of there being multiple characters, all of which very exciting, you mentioned having the characters in the queue. Are they going to be cast members or are they going to be animatronics? So I was thinking this would be better as a cast member situation. Right. Also, <laughs> if, I went, if I went on Acorn Ascension at different times of the day, would I meet a different member of the town? Yeah, it's so we're, we're going to have... be the turkey mayor. No, it's not always going to be Mayor Turkey Loki because he does need to take a break to deal with other political affairs. We're going to have, like I said, fish out of water who will have be in water because he's got that little helmet that he wears. You've got Abby the duck. You've got... Hang on, hang on. So you're Does suggesting mean- <laughs> a member of the cast, a cast member in a fish costume is going to sit <laughs> in a pool of water all day. I, d- I just hope they don't have Foxy Loxy, is that her name? or Loxy? Yeah, like Foxy Loxy. Dude. Yeah, they can't have her. People, kids are going to beat her up because she is a downright asshole in that film. Like They, they can't have her there. I, I mean, really I, I really want to punch the dad. <laughs> oh, I can't stand the dad. Just start believing your son more. Start doing more for him. Like I'm getting passionate about this because he treats that son bad. That's why I was thinking of Eddie's million dollar cook-off. I was like, what is with these films? And like the fathers, I was like, it's so weird. But I do like the idea with the music choices because the film is so of that era of like early noughties, like, yeah, kids love like R.E.M. and all the 3D films at that time. And that's some of the criticism thrown at Chicken Little is that it didn't feel very Disney. It was very much like trying to be like other 3D animated films in in which they were like throwing in pop songs but I think kind of embracing that would be kind of fun for a kind of time capsule in, in Disneyland. It would be very different because the rest of it is all going to be kind of be our guest and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think with this idea, it was more sort of, what is my favourite animated Disney film? And it, it always comes down to being Chicken Little. And it actually has quite a bad review on Rotten Tomatoes and other review websites. And I'm sort of starting to see why. Like the more we speak about it, it's sort of, like you said, it's it, it wasn't Disney, it wasn't, a sort of typical Disney film, but I guess that's why I enjoyed it because it's also an ugly, ugly film. It I mean, really that's is. one of my big concerns about the designs of your ride. In that, <laughs> if you are going to be following like the actual aesthetic design of the film, some of it is just going to look a little bit ugly. Well, I'm glad you brought up uh, the negatives anyway, and that we had a negative response to the film because I've got to say that uh, <laughs> Sam is a bit with us on this, Steve. So I'm sorry. <laughs> be prepared bring it bring it let's let's see what sam has to say i wasn't prepared to love this as chicken little is by miles the worst film disney has ever made (laughs) since it's basically a transparent ripoff of shrek the ideal chicken little ride would be just shrek 4d from universal studios but with chicken little's face superimposed over that of the big green lad The ride sounds fun, though. Lots of variation and heavy use of animatronics, which is a plus. My only suggestion would be that as the acorn carriage falls, it actually does land on Chicken Little's head, killing him in an instant. (laughs) (laughs) Incidentally, I do like the idea of the chicken licking restaurant, since it would let me pretend I'm eating the shrill little bastard. (laughs) 
god. I didn't exaggerate I, any of that. Oh, Sam, I, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I, at last, yeah. I found somebody who is actually who can actually meet me in terms of harshness. <laughs> Honestly, I just think it shows that Steve still hasn't watched Lion King. <laughs> the, the, the little is his favourite Disney movie. If you go on a ride and you get a free meal, it's a good ride, let's face it. Again, n- nowhere near bringing up sexual or uh, sexual connection there. <laughs> so, you know, I want get a good a real... ride and a free meal, what, a, what not a like. <laughs> I want a real answer from all three of you before you know before this is put to bed because I'm pretty sure Disney aren't going to take this one on when I do send it to them. Would you take on this ride? Would you go on it? Would I eat from any of the carts that you have going into this ride? No, I would not. <laughs> uh, would I feel comfortable about the idea of acorns potentially dropping on my head uh, just so that some small kids could get a free meal where they have to eat a beloved children's animated character? No, I would not. Would I go on this ride? Probably. I'll go on it if it's a slow, so like fun little ride. If it's like this like big, chaotic, like crazy fast ride with all this crazy stuff happening then no but if it's like okay if i get to slowly like you know see all these acorns fall in see how it works you know see how the underground stuff works then you know i could take a chance on it so i would say yes what about if i give you an endless supply of chicken little big burgers and chicken wings <laughs> no because i i'm gonna feel like i'm eating this beloved animated character right so i didn't have to wait in line like Mainly because the thought of an anima- like a cast member in a giant turkey costume <laughs> coming anywhere close to me kind of freaks me out. But I didn't have to wait in line too long. Like, 20-minute wait, I'd do it. If I was trying to fill time between, like, a fast pass or something, yeah, I'd do it. Just but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be on my top 10 list of rides to definitely go on when I'm at Disney. But, yeah, thank you for your constructive criticism. I... Hate to say it, but I'm not going to pursue my dream of building this ride. Uh, Instead, I'm I'm going to pursue making chicken little too, and follow a local chicken which I saw the other day. So, so I am pitching a another coaster. Um, this one is going to feature in Tomorrowland, which we've already just dis- we've already touched on a little bit. Um, known as the Todayland coaster. And this takes a load of inspiration from the 2007 film Meet the Robinsons. So I don't know how many people have seen this film. Nope. Oh. I like 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 Chicken Little. I also watched this in preparation. Yeah. I've watched yeah. this now three times in 2021. Wow. wow. Just to give some context, I've written a little synopsis just to give some context to the people who don't know it. So Lewis is an orphan cheery for Disney animation as usual. He wants to see what his mother looked like, so he invents a time machine that can translate your memories onto a screen. It's a totally normal and rational response. He goes, he takes it to the science fair where a weird child named Wilbur comes to tell him that a man in a bowler hat is going to try and mess with him. The bowler hat guy does, and his invention fails. Lewis decides that he's just a straight up failure. No one's going to want him. And Wilbur explains that he's here on a mission to find the bowler hat guy and help to restore like a safe future. Lewis does not believe that Wilbur is from the future because he's a semi-sane human. 
so to prove that he's from the future, Wilbert pushes Lewis off the side of a building. And he lands on top of a time machine. And this is sort of where our ride picks up from. So the ride I'm proposing for Meet the Robinsons would take place in Tomorrowland. Currently, there's only one coaster in that area of the park, which is Space Mountain. It's one of the most well-known rides at Disney. It actually features in Meet the Robinsons. So having a second coaster in this area of the park would draw more people to the traditional dark and flat rides that feature there while also giving them another coaster. The ride would feature three chain link sections, several cambering spirals, but resists the urge to invert. I was in uni mode when I wrote this. Um, It makes it a similarly family-friendly coaster to Space Mountain. It also features two underground sections, a little bit like Oblivion that we saw earlier, but would be a majority outdoor coaster. So in its design, um, in Meet the Robinsons, there's a scene where the characters Lewis and Wilbur travel from the past to the future. This features some incredible feats of future engineering, such as the Insta building, travel bubbles and coaster-like trains. These are all elements I'd love to feature. So the cart could take two different forms, either that of the time machine that they travel in, which would be two individual seats um, in a sort of bubble-like ride, or it would be just the standard coaster design um, in this really gorgeous, like, purple with rounded edges. Everything's very round in Meet the Robinsons, very much like they are. Um, the pre-show, aka your weight in your queue line, would be featuring loads of broken experiments and um, inventions from Cornelius Robinson, um, including the little Doris top hat as a little nod to the bowler hat guy. The outdoor portions of the ride will be predominantly decorated with the future engineering elements, such as this Insta building. It operates as an accordion folding inflatable on a pump that would inflate and deflate as the, as the ride passes. I'd also love to use a bubble machine at several points in the ride to imitate the bubble travel. And um, basically, people can be put into giant bubbles, travel to where they need to and be popped at the other end. Towards the end of the ride, the future elements are merged with topiary. Um, which becomes a huge part of the sort of latter half of the film. So we're including we're including a large topiary T-Rex. The return to the dock will be decorated to appear like the front doors of the Robinson residence with two animatronics, one of Spike and one of Dimitri in the plant pots either side. For the indoor sections and your underground elements, you've got projections, much like those used in Space Mountain. These will be... Um, how the Robinsons travel in their home. They're like blue and green pipes. So you're going to get that flashing across as you travel. You've also got these occasional ringed hoops, which um, Wilbur and Lewis travel through when they're traveling in the time machine. We were talking about music with Run Llama Run. There's a piece for the film called To the Future by Danny Elfman, which I'd really love to use here. Although with coasters, you don't necessarily always need music because you're going pretty fast. You can't always hear it. But I think it'd be really fun to have that incorporated. So when you can, it's just a gorgeous little moment. Finally, we were talking about making money. And I think it would be really cute to have a photo opportunity booth. So where you've had your photo taken on your ride called the memory scanner. And this is allowing people to keep a picture of their chosen memory. So from their little moment on the right, yeah, that's, that is the Todayland coaster. 
That's a good point, actually. None of us had the whole, like, you know, picture on the ride aspect of the, like, hey, <laughs> like, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, now it's is... too late for you to include it. You need to... <laughs> <laughs> this is really, it's a really well thought out um, idea and design. And you can tell us, like, because you like this film, I think that's come across in the pictures. Lacking acorn use, but that's just a little, um, a little personal thing. Not every fe- not every ride can feature acorns in quite a quite a wonderful way. Yeah, I just love like the idea of a kid being on this ride and being like, "Mum, somebody just threw an acorn at me." <laughs> <laughs> With the the carts for this one, did you say, did you say they were like the time machine or? Um... See, I was debating between the two. I think it would just be easier to go for like the standard. They've got these little trains that go by in the background. Right, which yeah. is these sort of bubble trains almost. They're very round carts uh, okay. like shapes. When you saw so a have train four there. of those, two to a cart. So you yeah. have that typical train-like um, cart shape. Yeah, because it fits the sort of simplistic design of the future or today land. But when you said train, then I thought that, that Robinson family who... Oh, yeah. Aunt Billy and her and her giant train. Yeah, so then I was like, oh, wait, what Wait, what are these trains? So yeah. I was debating during the underground segment as to whether you have Aunt Billy's train on one side and the guy in the cannon on the other side and you race them. Mm, yeah. As another option for, like, projection. Yeah, and I think the butler would be fun as well, is if you could have, like, a tentacle or something like that and, like, going through, but... Basically, my thought with it was, do I want it to feature heavily with the characters or do I want yeah. it to be more about the future? Yeah. Because most of Tomorrowland is mainly future looking. Yeah. It's looking towards like what we could do. And then you've got like the Carousel of Progress as well, which just shows the innovations that we've come to. That's why I decided to steer away from having those character elements apart from Spike and Dimitri, just because it gives a little bit more openness it's more accessible to everybody especially yeah. if you've not seen the film exactly because so i think it like you said it well because meet the robinsons is somewhat it's based off a book isn't it but it's somewhat inspired from tomorrowland as well especially you know without any like major spoilers or anything but like by the end of the film that's where i was like really impressed and i was like oh wow like this is really linked to like you know walt and to like disney and all that kind of stuff so i think that that is great because it fits in with the aesthetic of of Tomorrowland, and because do you imagine this to be like a giant like looping, like something you would see from afar, like that Hulk roller coaster earlier? You would see it from like, oh my god, look at that roller coaster! Is it is it like a big? One? It has. It's got high bits that sort of swoop down. There's no inversions. Mm. There's no loops or anything. You get some really sharp turns yeah. that camber through. Um, but there's no like really big loops or anything. It's very, it's still very family friendly. So when you said about the Robinson family house, you said about the tubes that they travel in, is that like, is that just on the outside? Like you see them or is it like you go inside them? Essentially it's when you go underneath, when you go underground, there is um, projections of this sort of bluey green tube, like Mm. element around you essentially. Okay. This gives you that idea of you are going through that tube. It you, features very like minimally in the film, but it's quite a nice sort of thing to nod to. You said the the start of the the start of the ride is basically when they're traveling to the future, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, just because I haven't seen the film, I'm just trying to uh, trying to wonder like what kind of what kind of like colors are we talking about in terms of 
the effect of traveling through time um so essentially my thought is your pre-show is very almost sepia toned so you've got these broken machines it's kind of almost macabre in a way Mm. your docking station on the inside is these once again these sepia brick tones it's like the inside of robin of um wilbur's bedroom no wilbur lewis's bedroom so it's very dark drab there's not very much to it and then as you come out you're going to get much more vibrant colors so you've got all this gorgeous um evergreen topiary that's just going to be these really gorgeous greens you're going to have um as you come around as you go through that first bit you've got these bright yellow insta buildings you've got bubbles which are going to reflect all that lovely california light it's just going to be a really nice sort of vibrant element there rather than that traditional like almost flat pre-show it amazes me how um you know meet the robinsons isn't spoken about more of being such a good icon in disney film because it was one of my favorites growing up and it, it just doesn't mm. seem to get enough um airtime do you think it's there's a flopped. reason for that it yeah it did flop didn't it it only made like 16 and a half no 160 million ish on a budget of 150 yeah, it's not the best. And I, I think yeah. the idea, the actual idea and the storyline and how they incorporate the futures is brilliant. So maybe it's a case of Disney being a bit too far advanced because it was released quite... Was it released in 2007? Yeah, right 2007. Um, same yeah, weekend um, as Blades of Glory. It goes to show as well, though, that like Disney is such a generational thing, isn't it? So you guys who are a bit like younger than me and Craig have like grown up on those films. So it does go to show similar to like Star Wars and things like that. This just depends on the generation of Disney that you grew up with. And I think the Chicken Little, Meet the Robinsons, all of those kind of films are very much of that time as well when they were experimenting with 3D and, you know, departing from 2D. So I think at the time as well, there probably was a bit of a backlash to like, Disney doesn't do 3D, how dare you? And they were also waiting to sort of integrate more with the Pixar sort side of things, which eventually helped them with... Again, with this, it wasn't kind of like, hey, we're doing Rapunzel. Hey, we're doing the Snow Queen. It was, you know, this like random book. But A Day with Wilbur Robinson is yeah, the, that's it. the book. Yeah. Several books. But I think the music as well, like I loved the, like when I, as soon as this, like I was about like five minutes into the film, I was like, this is Danny Helfman, I'm pretty sure. And I looked it up. I was like, it is. And then once they get to the future and I was like, this is what Tomorrowland should have been that, you know, live action film because it is like a gorgeous piece of music and you said about even though you wouldn't hear it on the ride i think that i could easily hear that on loop throughout the queue and throughout because i think it would just put you in the zone and it's such an like eclectic sort of song it's one of my new favorite pieces of music like yeah you can tell it's danny elfman yeah I think I just found my new alarm. I want to wake up to that song every single day. <laughs> yeah. It's a very charming message to the film as well, isn't it? Because what is it? Again, this keep moving forward. And again, like that song and that message is about that. And a roller coaster is almost about that as well. Like you go forward, you know. It's a very nice whimsical track and it almost makes me forgive Danny Elfman for having for having anything to do with Fifty Shades. Yeah, which is very bizarre. Why? <laughs> so uh, we'll go on to uh, Sam Summers' thoughts on Todayland. So Sam said, you're right that the Tomorrowland section is in need of something a bit more exciting and Meet the Robinsons is a great choice as the Tomorrowland aesthetic was such a big influence on that film. 
you thought through a lot of the logistics here and there's a lot of fun references to the movie. For some reason, the main thing I remember from that film is a swing band compromised of little frogs wearing tiny suits. I couldn't help but notice they didn't appear in your pitch, which I'm sure must be some kind of mistake. Add a grand finale where the frogs all appear to serenade you and you're on to a winner. That is very fair. Frankie (laughs) and Franny's frogs would be the perfect little adjustment to the end of the ride. Would you then have a restaurant where you could buy um, frog frog? No, 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 no. (laughs) There's a wonderful shot in that film of like, it's the Tarantino trunk shot with just these frogs in suit. Okay, that is fairly (laughs) impressive. It's incredible. I love it. I, yeah, because that, that film gets dark, like, you know, as well. Oh, like, yeah. It's all about, like, found family and feeling abandoned. It's Yeah, the villain especially. Like, when it was going through how he got the way he was, I was like, oh, my God, what the hell? So, and I'm glad that you 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 could have easily been influenced by that part of the finale and stuff where it shows like the alternate future of what could have happened. It's like, you don't want to be going down there again. Why did you do that Tomorrowland, the live action film, (laughs) you know, is so, yeah, I think it it sounds really great and it sounds like a lot of fun. And I can imagine being there, especially that it it fits in with the aesthetic. And I think that's the one major problem. If you're ever talking about like, Oh, well I would put this right here or that. Well, space and logistics is a thing whereas you can imagine uh, this ride being there. I'm interested because all of you seem to have gone for like the very closed in approaches. So the idea of just, you know, like the bit going into a building and just uh, how you deal with things there. Yeah. Is there anything very, very quickly that sort of like dissuaded you from taking things like sort of outside of us, outside in terms of scope? Because there's a lot of underground that everyone's sort of like wanting to utilize. Mainly space. Yeah. I was just thinking about the space that's taken up by the parks in general at the moment. Like Disney World is something like 52 acres. It's huge. But then in those specific lands, everything's fairly close to each other. Yeah. So it's a case of finding space to build these new parks. I thought about this very logistically. So I was just like, if I put a bit underground, I can squish it all together a little bit. I guess I was thinking more in the way of like how disney already operates in the way they are is that a lot of their rides all seem to be dark rides and indoor rides a lot of them all seem to like occupy inside space and disney world disneyland is not the kind of place that you would look from a road or like outside and be like oh wow i can see that ride or i can see megaphobia that kind of thing it's never been that kind of theme park so i thought that again keeping it indoors and keeping it more enclosed fitted with that because it I think Disney specifically does that and they talk about that a lot in like shows and that kind of stuff is saying that you want to feel like you're in this land. So if you're sat in the Magic Kingdom and then look aside and see a giant roller coaster, well, you're not going to feel like you're at Cinderella's castle. So you have to have more indoor areas for that reason. So again, you know, with today land then it would fit the aesthetic of the future and everything like that. But they would probably have to make sure that there's some sort of castle or wall or something so that you couldn't see that from the adjacent land so again i guess with the emperor's new groove one is that you could keep it all within the palace and the castle and it would just look cool and decorative from outside you don't know what you're going into as well for me it was more of a case of i wanted to match that part of the film where it where it goes from being this lovely film about a chicken very colorful very sort of family favorite and then it goes to this dark alien sequence i wanted 
to replicate that with the underground part of my coaster. And I think you could have done it up in the sky because obviously their alien ship is up in the sky. But I just think going underground is like you're at a certain part of the spaceship. You know, you're not actually in it. You're just at a certain part. So that's my reasoning why I chose the underground. Well, thank you guys. It's been uh, really fun uh, talking all about Disney coasters and everything like that. And like I said, it's it's really fun because at this time, you know, we can't travel and go on holidays and stuff. So, you know, we can imagine it, uh, but also imagining these franchises as rides, how they can work, because that's how a lot of people are thinking these days. They're saying, I want to have this ride. I want to, you know, see this turned into, you know, this kind of ride. And you've got Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars Land and Marvel Land. They're all becoming bigger things. And you're going to see these movies in IMAX and they're becoming big cinematic experiences. Um, so I think that, you know, is very fun to discuss. So let us know at home, which ride would you be, you know, taking on? What, what do, you know, are your thoughts? What are the pros? What are the cons? Are you going to be winning a golden acorn? Are you going to be going to, to chicken licking? Um, or <laughs> uh, let us know. And uh, yeah, maybe let us know some of your favorite uh, Disney World or Disneyland rides and your experiences at the theme parks. What ride would you create? But to close things out now, we have a very fun and final challenge in our endgame. We're in the endgame now. Okay, endgame time. So the name of this game is Along for the Ride because David rejected my uh, initial suggestion of I want to ride you like one of your French girls. So we've had a little look at the rides that you want to create. We've had a little look at the rides that already exist, but I want to know how well you can identify rides based on the uh, based on the films that they come from. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the name of various uh, rides and attractions at various theme parks across the world, and I want you to tell me what film you think it is based on. In the event that I say X in the name, it's that I've removed the name of the film uh, from it. So just think of X as like the name of the film. Is everyone clear on those rules? Indeed. So, are we ready for number one? X's Rock and Roll Graveyard Review. And already the guests look as if they're in pain. Specifying that we aren't looking at Disney anywhere in the world, as in like various. Can these can literally these can literally be any parts? Yeah. My God. Therefore, could be any franchise or any film. I just want to remind people that I'm looking for the name of the film or film oh. franchise you're looking for, um, which is great. So, small spoiler, both of you are... Oh. Kelly, what, Kelly, what was your answer? See, I was going for, like, King Boo from um, Mario. Okay, so you... Okay. Nintendo. And uh, Steven? I just went with Johnny Bravo because I feel like it would, it would fit the... the what? <laughs> I at least so, they have made a Super Nintendo world, so at least Kelly was like had some sort of line of thinking there. So I can tell you that the full name of the ride is Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll Graveyard oh, Review. Good. That's a good that's a good ride. Why Johnny brought I don't understand <laughs> like after hearing <laughs> What's it have to do with graveyard? <laughs> <laughs> is here or something? Is it? It's because you know that Rocky Roy is a cool cat, and the graveyard right. might have just—you know—I don't know. Johnny Bravo came to mind. Is it, it's a great place for Johnny to pick up women. <laughs> I now have this image of Johnny Bravo being like, "Hey, baby, I know you just lost somebody in your life, but I can replace them for you." <laughs> Number two, Borg Assimilator. 
Borg Assimilator. Steven going for a very confident early type, and Kelly still considering. Me being like, I don't know what this could be. I will also ask David if he thinks he knows the answers. He's also free to message me. So, Stephen has gone for Tron. Kelly has gone for Alien. Stephen? <coughs> Kelly? <coughs> David has gone for... <laughs> What's the right answer, David? Star Trek. The Borg is like a villain in Star Trek, isn't it? Yeah. So right. it is a Star Trek uh, inspired ride. Wow. I'm not a Trekkie, guys, for shame. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> I've watched Big Bang Theory. That's my uh, that's my qualification. Number three. Dragon Challenge. Oh, no, I do know this one. Okay. Let's just address Stevens right away. <laughs> <laughs> so after after hearing the criticism we gave him for talking about Johnny Bravo when I specifically <laughs> film right film franchises, uh, what did you go for, mate? I went for Dragon's Den because I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they may need something like this in their life. <laughs> just just I don't a roller coaster. That ride would be just like Ceopasetus's mouth or something. You like go inside it, you know. Like... Right. I'm just a bit worried about the main motif of that show being, and that for that reason, I'm out. I just have this idea of them ejecting people from the coaster. <laughs> I feel like it's a drop right, and you're just in the lift. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what answer did you go for? I went for Harry Potter. Okay. Uh, is it Harry Potter? <laughs> it is. Spe- can you tell me specifically which film? Um, it is the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, it's Goblet of Fire. Get a bonus point. Uh, no, because I <laughs> prompted you. I prompted Damn that. It. Damn it. Do uh, I get half a point for creativity? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be if, getting points left for it in Zenimate. If, if only life works like that. If only. <laughs> so I dread to think what Steven's going to come up for this one, given that he's already used Dragon's Den, because we now go to Dragon Gliders. Okay. Equally bad, I imagine. Kelly has gone for Kung Fu Panda. Stephen has gone for Thunderbirds. Kelly? I imagine Stephen? (laughs) (laughs) And David has sent me Avatar, which is also incorrect. Mm, You're all going to kick yourselves. It's how to train your dragon. Oh, of course it is. I I had the right studio. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to think of like an animation and I was like, what animation has it? I was like, Fern Gully? I was like, no, that's fairies. (laughs) I I was going to put American Dragon, which was like a Disney XD series. Oh, I know American Dragon. American Dragon. That was good. I'm losing the will to live with you guys. Come on. (laughs) Number five. Enchanted Along. Enchanted along. We're gonna throw a wild one out there. The tension of typing. Because I don't oh, know. Oh my it. life. <laughs> I don't know it, and I'm just like, that'd be fun. Okay. Steven has gone for the Wizard of Oz. Reasonable choice. <laughs> but unfortunately incorrect. Kelly, what did you go for? 
I I went with Barbie and the Nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they do have like a Thomas the Tank Engine land somewhere, so maybe that could. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah. Barbie doesn't have a land yet, and I think she should. She yep. should have a world. Mm. David, what did you go for? I went for a very lazy answer, but could be right. Enchanted. <laughs> Again, I feel it's one you may be kicking yourselves, because our main man, Dr. Sam, wrote a book about this guy. Oh, oh. Uh. What's the name of it again? Enchanted Along. Oh, okay. That's a really bad name for a Shrek ride. Yeah, so they do have Shrek 4D as well, so I wonder what that one's all about. Hello, this is a Craig edit as mandated by David. Turns out when I've been saying Enchanted Along, I meant to say Enchanted Airways, but my handwriting is really bad, so apparently that needed to be corrected. <sighs> this is what I get for criticising David about being apprehensive, not reprehensive, isn't it? God damn it. Number six. The Grand Fiesta Tour, starring X. And I feel bad, because this is the one I considered hard. I feel like this is just going to be one of those obscure celebrity rides, so that's what I'm... So, I will say both have answered. Uh, Stephen, yet again, going for something which isn't a film. Who did you go for, mate? I I was just thinking this might be based on a celebrity's life, so I just went Craig David, because that was the first thing that came to my head. I can't really explain why. He's, he's a legend, so we'll just stay in Craig David. I think there's a more obvious answer of why he thought that, like when you have somebody called Craig and David sat in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, Kelly, uh, what is your answer? I think it's the three Caballeros? Caliburos? A, I don't know what the spelling is, but... It is indeed the three Caballeros. There we and go. David has also sent me three Caballeros and also just saying Donald Duck. Yeah, well, because it's because he's is the it... only member of the Free Caballeros that anyone can mention. Because everyone apparently yeah. is racist and doesn't know Spanish. But is the ride actually called with the Three Caballeros? Starring the Free Caballeros. Okay, I'm glad for them because I didn't want Disney to be like, well, Donald's the only one they know, so we'll just put that in the ride name. Like, ah, oh, poor Donald's yeah. the only one who matters. Yeah. So we now come on to number seven, X, Cosmic Rewind. I went logic. I'd like to point out that Craig David had a song called Rewind. Well, I <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Look, you can say Craig David all you want once the guy's had a film. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a Craig every David time, documentary. Every time he does a live show, it's a film. <laughs> That's a stretch. You are not helping your cause, mate. <laughs> okay. Steven has gone for the very reasonable Star Wars. Kelly has gone for the very reasonable Back to the Future. David has gone for the unreasonable Danny <laughs> Phantom. Because <laughs> Steve said Johnny Bravo, I just had cartoons in my head. Danny Phantom Cosmic Rewind would be amazing. There is like a Nickelodeon land somewhere, so it could have... Yeah, but he has nothing to do with space. He's a ghost. <laughs> Cosmic entities, I don't know. The correct answer is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I thought that was called like Mission Breakout or something. That is a separate attraction. Oh. They have two. Yeah, how many do they need? <laughs> what kind of fan are you, David? <laughs> I only know the one where they like redesigned Tower of Terror. Okay, so we're halfway through the game and the scores are Kelly are on Kelly is on two, Stephen. 
is here. Um, <laughs> it's playing. <laughs> next up, Honey Pot Spin. Know this one? Okay, I'm going to start with David's first, which is unusual. Oh, David, tell the tell the nice. I just I just knew that everyone else would go with this, so I was like, I'll just go for something stupid then. Um, for Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> okay, uh, Kelly and Stephen have both gone for the same answer. Who did you go for? Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Yes, come on. Also, Dave, a better a better joke answer would have been the B movie. Yeah, see, I was in my mind. I was just like, honey, honey, what's things with honey? I was like, honey, boo boo. <laughs> I was like, why have I thought? This? Uh, I'm gonna give a, an opportunity for a bonus point, Stephen. Yo. Because I feel sorry for you. Uh, how, did, <laughs> uh, how did they spell honey? Actually, uh, both both of you, message it to me in the chat. How okay. do you think they spelt honey? Okay, so Stephen, how did they spell honey? So I think they might have just gone a bit different and gone H-U-double-N-Y. Yep, that is indeed how they spelt it. So that's a bonus point for both of you because Kelly put message it to me too. I did indeed. Next up, Incredicoaster. Can we say Dragon's Den again? <laughs> if you oh, genuinely want to keep hemorrhaging points, go for it, mate. Like, <laughs> I, okay. think I, I think this one is good. All right. Kelly, who did you go for? The Incredibles. Stephen, who did you go for? The Incredibles. Incredibly, you are both correct. It is The Incredibles. I had a moment of like, is it? Like double guess check, like double checking myself, being like, "Is it?" Actually? Yeah, I was going to mention that one when I was saying about how Pixar's taken over earlier because they changed California Adventure to be more Pixar-like, and that was like just the generic Mickey roller coaster. And they were like, "Yep, yeah, Incredibles now." <laughs> Next up, Pandemonium. Revising an earlier answer. <laughs> Same with me. I I started wrong, but you know what I mean. <laughs> So, just saying, uh, Kelly put Kung Fu Panda. Uh, Stephen messaged me Kung Fu Pananda. (laughs) 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 And then very, very quickly uh, changed it to Panda. Both of you are. It's indeed Kung Fu Panda. Next up, we have the Silly Swirly. Back onto the more trickier ones. The city swim. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Stephen, who did you go for? I went for Cat in a Hat. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Uh, Kelly, who, who did you go for? I went for Ants. Again, I, I don't remember a toilet scene, but I could probably see it. David, what did you go for? Uh, I went for War of the Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David is definitely <laughs> Kelly. You are Stephen. Ah. The answer is Despicable Me. Oh, there is like a Doctor Zeus land in Universal as well, so that was a decent guess there. Yeah, I think they're all reasonable guesses. To be fair, um... apart from mine. <laughs> I play to win. <laughs> All right, next up, we have King Julian's Beach Party Go Around. 
there is definitely a themed land somewhere <laughs> in the world. King Julian's Beach Party Go-Around. What a long name. But is it worth it? We won't know for a while. Okay. Stephen, who did you go for? Madagascar. Kelly, who did you go for? Madagascar. Answer, who did you go for? Madagascar! <laughs> now we come on to the, fi the final question. So we've briefly mentioned this as one which is being rebranded. So we're going to want the original film, Splash Mountain. Ooh. It suddenly got very tense. Yeah. The, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music is playing like... Do, 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 the do, final do, question. Do. Yeah. Okay. Kelly, who did you go for? Song of the South. Stephen, who did you go for? You Indiana can't chicken... <laughs> I was about to say, you were, sti you were silent there as if, like, I have screwed up here. <laughs> I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> so you've gone for Indiana Jones. Uh, Kelly, you are... It is it is Song of the South, and not as David messaged me, Songs of the South. <laughs> There's a few songs. <laughs> there are a few. We can't play any of so, them. No. Okay, and that is the end of this endgame. So looking at the scores, in a respectable battle, uh, we have Stephen with five, but the winner is Kelly with eight. Yay. How did I get five? I don't know. <laughs> And uh, Kelly's first endgame win, I think. As My well, first endgame win. I'm quite good. proud oh, of that. Fantastic. Yes. Well done. And especially, which is good, after Steve beat me. So, it's, you know, you can't even say that Steve's on like a, 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 win, a losing streak. You know, he was on a winning streak as well. So, so well done. <laughs> you, beat, you beat a feared opponent today, Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> you. you did well. You did well. This won't affect our friendship. I mean, it won't. It won't. But... Let's just work together to try and make the Dragon's Den film. I feel like with all backing, I could really make it happen. I feel like we could. I feel like between us, there's, a, there's an idea there. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been a really fun episode, and we thought, hope that everyone else at home had a lot of fun listening to our pitches and all the craziness that went. Uh, Craig, did you have the lunacy that you wanted? Oh, pretty much, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm satisfied. As soon as uh, Disney animals are up on the menu, you know, craig's lunacy boxes checked so uh yeah thank you guys it's been loads of fun uh kelly where can we catch you where should people go to yeah um over on twitter at kelly lou bishop same on instagram i'm posting a lot of film and tv content over on my twitter at the minute and i'm still writing for fresh take as well i'm gonna get some things up in the future awesome we look forward to it and uh steve what about yourself Yo, so guys, you can catch me on Instagram at sjonesalist, and then you can catch me on Twitter at unknownsteve. I'm also a writer for Empora, where we're doing an issue on Scotland this month about everything great about that country. And also, I'm a writer for Fresh Take. You can catch Cling Film, uh, which will be out next week. And yeah, just plenty more stuff to come in the future. Well, we can't wait to see what you've got planned, Steve. But thank you once again to all of our guests Go check out Kelly and Steve on all of their socials and on freshtakehub.com. And thank you as well to Dr. Sam Summers, who provided the feedback for all of our ride pitches. You can catch him with Ben Travis over on Disneyversity. That's the Disneyversity podcast, which you can catch on all good podcast outlets and at Disneyversity on all major socials as well. 
So, yeah, you can catch us at Well Good Movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can catch us on freshtakehub.com slash wellgoodmovies. And please do let us know what are your favorite ride pitches, which one would you want to ride, what ride would you pitch yourself, what are your favorite Disney rides, and what are your favorite movie and ride tie-ins. We want to know. We've had loads of fun today. Thank you once again to everyone. Lots of fun with Run Llama Run, Acorn Ascension, and Todayland. And yeah, Craig, anything lastly from yourself? (laughs) Yeah. How did I know you were going to do that? So yeah, thank you very much, guys. And uh, we'll catch you in the future. Or is it today? Bye. 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 Don't throw up.